Father, in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus, instruments of peace. In this day, in this time, in this very moment, we have all been born for such a time as this. Each and every one of us have been blessed with a gift or some spiritual gifts to contribute to the body of Christ. So, Father, bless us right now that we will leave ourselves, escape from selfishness and enter into a time of service. Service for others, making them more important than ourselves. So bless us, Lord, that this time of peace will continue to evolve because I know it will. But Lord, we're requiring to be instruments. We are asking that you will use us for instruments of your peace. We make this prayer in the mighty name of Jesus. And all those who agree with the prayer said amen. Well, brothers and sisters, we are at it one more time. Uh, again, this particular installment of this series, The Kingdom Mission of the Church, comes at a pretty unique time period. It's election day. And we all know that right now in the country, it's pretty volatile. There are very distinct sides to this particular time period. Very stark divisions in this time period. Well, today we wanted to talk about, you know, how does God see a thing? It's important for us to get this. Unrealistic expectation would be for Christ to feel about people like you do. That would be an unrealistic expectation. What God has always called on us to be as his body is that we will see the world through his eyes. So it's important for us right now to, again, find a way out of the chaos into this place of peace so we can continue to fulfill the call God has asked us to fulfill. You know, Jesus says that we are in the world, but we're not of the world. And these kinds of events really brings that to a realization of how powerful and important it is to understand that truth. We're in this world, but we're not of it. And it's incumbent upon us to help people survive through these turbulent times. But the only way that can happen is peace. Peace is the opposite of turbulence. It's the opposite of chaos. It's the opposite of trouble. So this particular installment is called Peacemakers. Yes, Peacemakers. And again, we sang the song Instruments of Peace. Instruments don't play themselves. I know some of you may find that kind of weird, <laughs> but it's true. There's not a piano in the world. Well, then again, I guess there are some that, but even that is controlled by somebody else. But instruments don't play themselves. Guitars don't play themselves. They need somebody to play them. We are instruments of God. So what he does, Jesus lives in us so he can live through us. So then we become these instruments of his peace. Somebody say amen. Because it's important that his peace is what the world needs. It's not my opinion. It's not my feeling. It is his peace. So 
what we're supposed to do is be instruments. Now, uh, is that easy? No. But nobody said it was supposed to be easy. It is supposed to be hard because we are supposed to die to how we used to be, how we used to think. We become brand new creations, but that means the old us has to go. It has to die. And sometimes it's hard for us to give up our feelings, hard for us to give up our opinion of a particular thing. But here's what God wants us to do. So today we wanted to take a look at it from on high to low, from what God would want us to do. And then we need to be able to rise to the occasion of being the instrument. Rise to the occasion of being a branch connected to the tree so that God's desire can flow through us. Y'all ready to have some fun? Praise the Lord. It's election day. I know some of y'all are pretty troubled out there. This should be a whole bunch of fun. Listen, peacemakers, we have the power of influence. We have the power to influence society. Our job is to create peace. So let's go to Isaiah. Uh, it'll be our first verse related today. Isaiah. Chapter nine, we're going to begin to read at verse six, and this is the new living Testament or the new living translation and uh, pretty powerful stuff. But it's Isaiah and <laughs> love Isaiah because he has in some of the most credible prophecies of mankind. But listen closely. It says in verse six, it says for a child is born of us. Now, these are the verses we usually use around Christmas time, right? We always hear these at Christmas, but listen to what this says. For a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of peace his government wait a minute there is a government that was on his shoulders but now this is his government and its peace will never end so which one do you want (laughs) do you just want the government or do you want his government and his peace that will never end Now, again, we live in a world that both of these are required, but my faith doesn't have to be in one. My faith should be in this one, his government and his peace. Why? Because it will never end. It will never change. So every four years, instead of going through an emotional turmoil, I know that Jesus is not running for office every four years. He has already completed The job that God has called him to do. So he sits at the right hand of God right now, mediating for me, taking care of me, representing me. And he has allowed me because of the ransom he paid to enter into the kingdom of God. Therefore, I've been able to call God Abba Father. That's where we live at. So I want to be able to make sure that we are able to make that transition. Now, don't get this twisted. I'm not telling you don't vote. I'm just telling you don't sell your heart to the vote. Sell your heart to God. You can always vote. So when the situation comes out, you won't be tore up from the floor up. You'll be able to continue to go forward and do what God initially called you to do because he gave us a job. Let me finish reading. His government and its peace will never end. 
He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. I don't know about you. There's nobody whose arms are long enough to box with God. So God's heavenly armies are going to always make stuff work out the way God does. The Bible says that his word is a lamp unto our feet. It didn't say it was the ball of, 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 of future, that he didn't give us the insight to walk by future events. His word is the lamp unto our feet. He guides us step by step. We trust him for where we're going. So my question to you today, we're instruments of his peace. Do you think his peace is gone? It said it's going to last for eternity. So if it's going to last for eternity, then his peace is not gone. So why am I feeling unpeaceful? Why am I feeling like there is no peace? Well, that's usually because we've kind of leaned our ladder against the wrong subject matter. I'm asking you to take your ladder off of that thing and put it back on this thing. Y'all, y'all okay today? Are you sure? Because this stuff is important and it's really important for us to understand. It's either this word is 100% true or it's 100% a lie. We know it to be 100% true. So that peace, that tranquility, that serenity is all yours because he is the prince of peace. Now, if he's the prince, guess who the king is? And they can, neither one can be defeated. Make sense? We're not done. Let's go to another verse. Let's go to Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 12. I hope this is making sense to you today. <clears throat> Peace. It says, deceit fills the hearts that are plotting evil. Joy fills the hearts that are planning peace. Man, the, the word of God is so magnificent. And it ties these attributes together that are supposed to work. If someone is plotting evil, they get a result for that. For someone who is looking at peace and wanting to share peace, the result will be joy. I don't know about you. I like joy. I don't know about you. I enjoy being full of joy instead of being full of angst. Now, we've had situations that have caused us to be full of angst. I know the difference. I want joy. Now, does that mean that joy stays all the time? From God's point of view, it stays all the time because he created and nothing can defeat it. It is me every now and then that will take my eyes off of his joy, take my eyes off of his peace and put them on the chaos. And that's usually when I mess up. Does that make sense to anybody today? It's the same thing with us. Usually when we take our eyes off of his joy and his peace, then they reflect back to the chaos. Remember Jesus was on the boat and a storm came up. The winds were blowing and all of that stuff was happening. Jesus was asleep on the boat. Why? Because before they left, he said, we're going to the other side. 
that meant there was nothing that was going to stop Jesus from going to the other side. But in the middle, the people took their eyes off of what Jesus said and who he was and put it on the, on the wind, put it on the waves. So they went and woke him up. What did he do? He didn't go up on the boat and grab onto the side of the rail and start squeezing and hoping and a wishing. No, he spoke to the wind and to the waves and told them, be still. Be still. And then he turned to them and questioned their faith. Why? They had Jesus on the boat. They took their eyes off of the one they should have had faith in and they put it on the storm. Therefore, the result of putting their minds on the storm would be angst, fear, trepidation. Those are those results. But if you keep your eyes on Jesus, peace, be still. He caused the winds and the waves and the waves to stop. Is this making sense to anybody today? Okay. Let's, let's just read this. It says Proverbs chapter 12. Verse 26, it says, the godly give good advice. Wait a minute. The godly give good advice. I'm going to say it one more time because I think we need to really understand. The godly give good advice to their friends. The wicked leads them astray. So what are we giving? What are we sharing? What are we receiving? My heart breaks that somebody would come and add to a person's fears. When we know we have a God who promised to never leave us nor forsake us. Now, he created this system that allows us to come to him and hold on to peace. We are the ones who leave it. Somebody told me the other day, God has left America. Stop. God's children live in America. God's children live in Peru and all over the planet Earth. God's children live. He doesn't leave geographical locations. He takes care of his children. He promised never to leave us nor forsake us. So it don't matter where you live at geographically. God does not leave you. So once you grasp that, hold on to that. See, some of us who have more faith in America than we do in Jesus. And it's unfortunate that I have to put it out there that way because listen to me, don't you go get twisted because nobody loves America like Pastor Ben loves America. Nobody is more dedicated. (laughs) Nobody is a bigger flag waver than me and the family that I grew up in. So don't get twisted. What I'm telling you is God first and foremost and then he takes care of everything else so share godly stuff share truth don't share your fear 
Don't share your doubt because that stuff causes people to fall off the bad part. They fall off the cliff when you share that stuff with them. Is this making sense today? We'll say, well, Pastor Ben, I'm so afraid. Well, then get on your knees right now and ask God to guide you because God cannot lie. He cannot lie. So when he says what he says, he keeps his word. Mm, Man, I like this stuff. Let's go to the book of James. But before we do, I'm just going to read you a quick thing. It says, the quest for excellence is a mark of maturity. The quest to go after excellence, to go after the good things, the godly things, is a mark of spiritual maturity. The quest for power is childish. (laughs) When people are seeking power, that's ridiculous. It's worthless because we serve a God who is all-powerful. All power is in his hand. All, all everything is in his hand. We don't need to search for power because we serve a God who has it all. Amen. Is this making sense to you? Again, if you're looking for power, if you're looking for importance, if you're telling people stuff so people can look at you as though you're the source of some kind of information, ooh, be careful. Be careful. We The people in the body of Christ should be sharing Christ. We should be sharing comfort. We should be sharing joy. Let's read James. Y'all having fun yet? I knew I would have fun today, but then I have fun every week. So no big surprise. (laughs) James chapter three, starting at verse 13. This is the passion translation. It says, if you consider yourself to be wise and one who understands the ways of God, Advertise it with a beautiful, fruitful life guided by wisdom's gentleness. How do you advertise? Not with your mouth. You advertise with your lifestyle. So how does this speak to people? When there's chaos, when there's turmoil, you have peace. See, I was in the military and then after the military, I was in law enforcement. We, in both instances, were trained to go to chaos when it happens. To run to it, to provide a calm, to provide a reasoning, to try to make that situation work out. That's how we were trained. To run to chaos, to get rid of chaos, to get rid of fear, to get rid of those things. We as Christians should come from the same area because we have the Prince of Peace. Who lives in us, which is an endless vat of direction and and support. He lives in us. So when chaos is about, we should be the people who steps in the middle of chaos and go, wait a minute, wait a minute. That makes no sense. That makes absolutely no sense. God is still on the throne. Let us serve him. Let us unite. Let's do this together. Well, I don't like them. God does. (laughs) Well, I feel this way about them. God doesn't feel that way. It is not your job to hope that God feels about people the way you do. It is your job to find out how God feels about them and then act accordingly. Not done yet. 
listen, this is what it continues to say here in verse 13. It says, never brag or boast about what you've done. And you'll prove that you're truly wise because this is no longer about us. It's no longer about us. But if there is bitter jealousy uh or competition hiding in your heart, then don't deny it and try to compensate for it by boasting and being phony. One of the great things that I love about God is when we confess our faith in him. And it says that we become a brand new creation. It didn't say we become a finished creation. (laughs) It says we become a brand new creation, which means that he begins to go to work in our lives. So what God does is he reveals stuff to you that you need to work on. He doesn't reveal it to condemn you. He reveals it for revelation. So you can see what you need to change. So Jesus said over and over again, when he heard the the Pharisees and those people talking, Jesus said, I know what's in their hearts. And then he acted accordingly. Let me tell you something. It hasn't changed. He knows what's in our hearts. So if he reveals to you some bitter jealousy or some competition Submit, because he needs you to grow. He needs you to change. Is this making sense to anybody? See, we're, we, we keep making these decisions based on political ideologies, racial discrimination concepts, all of these things, and none of them have any real foundation in truth. None of them. Listen, if you don't like black people or white people or brown people or red people or whatever, guess what? How worthless that is because there's only one people. (laughs) There's only one race. It's the human race. So why spend all that bitter jealousy and envy and anger on hating somebody who looks different than you when everything that is inside of them is the same stuff that's inside of you? In reality, there's only... 0.02% difference in blood in each and every one of us. And that's only because of blood types. We are all the same people. But what do we do? We have this competition. We have this bitter jealousy over skin color. Come on, y'all. Church, we need to do better than this. So again, as this stuff is evolving, what do we do? We must enter into the fray. We must enter into the chaos with a level of peace. How do we do that? It has to be in you first. And that's why it says there's no need in trying to be phony about it. Because listen to me. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So your heart needs to change. And that's when we become the cry. Lord, let me be an instrument of your peace. That you change me from the inside out. Is this helpful today? Listen, keep reading. It says, for that has nothing to do with God's heavenly wisdom, but can best be described as the wisdom of this world. Both selfish and devilish. 
So wherever jealousy and selfishness are uncovered, you will also find many troubles and every kind of meanness. I don't know about you. It's mean up there right now. I mean mean, slanderous. It's ugly out there right now. Why? Because these other attributes are at play. This jealousy, this selfishness, all of that. But we, the body of Christ, those who have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that is not our mandate. That is not the mandate of the kingdom mission of the church. Our mandate is peace. Our mandate are to be peacemakers. That's our mandate. Well, I don't know how to do that. Sit down. Get on your knees and ask God to change our hearts. Father, I need you to live in me. I'm not doing a great job right now, God, of making the distinctions that I need to make. I'm not doing a great job right now, Lord, of figuring out how this thing is supposed to go. I always desired it to be this way. And because it's not going this way right now, Lord, I want to hurt people. I want to hate people. I want to do these kinds of things. But God, you called me to you and you have peace. So I'm struggling, Lord. God will say to you, I got you. Now listen to me. And follow what I'm telling you to do. Does this make sense? He'll guide you somewhere. He'll put you in an arena. There's no weird, wrong idea that you're here right now. God moves in providence. You are hearing a message that is speaking directly to your hearts, speaking directly to you who are in the midst of this chaos. It's not a mistake. God knows exactly what he's doing. He just needed some knucklehead like me to be able to say it to you. Because I'm no longer afraid. Oh, I lived in fear so long. I cannot do that anymore. So I must speak this truth. Let me finish this thing. It says, but the wisdom from above is always pure. Filled with what? Peace. Considerate and teachable. It is filled with love and never displays prejudice or hypocrisy in any form. Mm, mm, mm. And it always bears the beautiful harvest of righteousness. Good seeds of wisdom's fruit will be planted with peaceful acts by those who cherish making peace. Do you cherish making peace today? Do you actually want peace? Or do in the midst of this chaos, do you find the place in there that makes you important? That makes you the source of information for people. Do people call you in search of bad information? (laughs) Do people call you in search of stuff that continues the flow of division and hatred and jealousy? There's a problem there. But if people are calling you because they know from you, you will speak peace to their situation. Sometimes they won't call you back when you start giving them peace for their situation because they're not looking for peace. They're looking for more chaos. Is this making sense to you today though? You getting this? Praise the Lord. Listen, Romans chapter 10, same translation. It says for the scriptures encourage us with these words. The scripture encourages us with these words. Everyone who believes in him 
will never. (laughs) How long is never? They will never be disappointed. Wait a minute. It says, encourages with this because our concept, our faith is in him rather than our opinions, rather than our thought pattern. Our faith is in him. As long as it's in him, you'll never be disappointed. Why? Listen to me. I need you to get this. God doesn't say, if you have faith in me, you won't have to struggle, but you won't be disappointed. Because even when you struggle, God is taking all things and turning him the good for you. Even though it might be painful for you, even though it may cause you to rethink some things, you will never be disappointed because God does not stop maturing us, growing us. What a beautiful thing this is. I call it fun. Whenever it gets excruciating, when it's hard (laughs) and you don't want to change, but God says, ah, you can't go any further. You ever been at that point where you keep going around the same little thing? Keep going around the same little thing? Yeah, I know. (laughs) Well, that's why. Because we won't submit. He wants us to move forward. Let me finish reading. It says, so then, faith eliminates the distinction between Jew and non-Jew. For he is the same Lord for all people. And he has enough treasures to lavish generously upon all who call on him. So the person that you hate or that you're angry with, that you don't think deserves something, that person has called on God. Does God answer their prayer? See, we can't pick who the Christians are. And we can't pick who they are not. You know the old joke about the guy who goes to heaven? And as St. Peter is walking him through heaven, he sees a guy. And he turns to Peter and goes, come on, man. What is he doing up here? Peter says, that's really none of your business. And they walk a little further and he sees a lady. He said, oh, man, I'm really getting disappointed in this heaven thing. How did y'all let her up here? Peter again says, it's none of your business, man. And they go a little further. They come around the corner and there's a group of people talking. And he says, Peter, what are they talking about? Peter says, they're all wondering what you're doing up here. We don't, that's not our place. It's not our place. So as Christians, what do we do? We yell out. We call out the truths of the B-I-B-L-E. We call out these things, no matter who they are, no matter where they come, because God knows his children. God does. Is this making sense? It says, and it's true. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be, what? Rescued. And experience new life. Everyone who calls on him. You don't hear the call. You aren't supposed to hear the call. It's not important for you to hear the call. 
heard a preacher say he wasn't going to bury a guy at his church because he believed the guy didn't accept Jesus. You don't have to be privy to that conversation for it to be real. Are y'all hearing me? See, our problem is, is we keep trying to take God's position instead of let God have his position. Hmm. Okay. It says, but how can people call on him for help if they're not yet, if they have not yet believed? And how can they believe in one they've not yet heard of? (laughs) And how can they hear the message of life if there is no one there to proclaim it? And how can the message be proclaimed if messengers have yet to be sent? That's why the scripture says, how welcome is the arrival of those proclaiming the joyful news of what? Peace and of good things to come. So these people won't know until somebody brings them peace. The person who brings peace must be able to have peace for them to be able to give it. You cannot give away something you don't have. If I am broke and I need $5 and you come to me and rustling through your pockets and find no money, you are of no good to me. I need somebody who got $5. Do you understand? I need somebody who has peace in them. And the second part of that is when something rests in your heart and you speak it through your mouth, it becomes dynamite. It explodes in the ear of the hearer. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when you speak this joy, this peace from your heart and it comes out of your mouth, the person who hears it is more convinced. You know, you've been in a restaurant when the waiter came over to your table and said, well, have a nice day. And you knew they didn't believe that they didn't mean that at all. You could tell they didn't mean it. Are y'all understanding me today? So I need you. Grasp this piece yourself first and then be sent. Now, here's the problem with a lot of people. A lot of them went instead of waited to be sent. They went because they thought they could they could create something for themselves or it would be important about them. It was based on selfishness. So instead of being sent, they just went. How about you today? Are you ready to go? Are you ready to enter into the fray? Are you ready to enter into the chaos? Are you ready to have God speak his peace through you? People are going to say bad things about me. Guess what? Give you a secret. You ready? People are saying bad things about you already. There's some people out there keeping track of what what dress or pair of pants you had on last week. (laughs) So you might well just go ahead and do what God is calling you to do. I got one more verse and I'm going to close for today. It's important for us to get through this. So Matthew chapter five. We've all heard this. This (laughs) the Beatitudes. What our attitudes should be. Matthew chapter five, verse nine. How joyful. 
you are when you make peace. For then you will be recognized as a true child of God. Stop. Stop the presses. <laughs> One of the identifiers of us being a child of God is that we go into a situation and make peace instead of adding to the turmoil. Instead of adding to the trouble, we go into the situation and make peace. Oh, I say, Pastor Ben, how do you do that? You take people's minds off of the wind and the waves and you put it back on Jesus. <laughs> yeah, did I say it was easy? No. But it's come, it becomes easier whenever you make it your desire to be changed. How enriched you are when you bear the wounds of being persecuted for doing what is right. Can I tell you something? Yeah. See, because when you bring peace to the chaos, those who find importance in the chaos are going to be mad at you. Jesus comes into the world and brings peace. He, he brings heaven to earth. But because it took the power away from the Pharisees, the Pharisees honored their power and position more than they honored the truth. Therefore, they planned to kill Jesus. So I'm here to tell you today, you got what you consider to be a circle of friends and you go to them with this peace. You go to them with this message and they'll be mad at you because they are important in the message of chaos. They are important in the message of division. They are important in the message of hate. They know more about hate than they do Jesus. Is anybody hearing me today? So you're going to get persecuted. I'm here to tell you truth. But guess what? So did Jesus. So you're in good company. I said, you're in good company. People will say all manners of things about you, but that's okay. Stand for the truth. Almost there. It says how enriched you are when you bear the wounds of being persecuted for doing what is right. For that is when you experience the realm of, of heaven's kingdom. Peace. Peace makers. Are you a peacemaker today? Guess what? Guess what you have? You got a whole big old field to go to work in right now. <laughs> you got a whole huge field to go to work in right now. There are people sitting in front of their TVs, chawing on their fingers right now. With full of angst, thinking that the result will either bring them peace or bring them fear when Jesus has already provided exactly what they need. What are we going to do today? Because we have the power of influence. We have the power of influence. What are we going to do today? Let's go be peacemakers. Because that is the kingdom mission of the church. Peacemakers. Brothers and sisters, I'm so thankful that we had a chance to share this day together. I don't know what the results of this election is going to be. But I, knew, I do know 
who continues to be on the throne, who will always be there and whose promises are 100% true. So let's stand on that together. And in church, we have a mission. We have a mission. And our mission cannot be lowered to the standards of the world. Our mission is above that. So let's go together and do great stuff. Lord, we want to be instruments of your peace. Where there is trouble, strife, prejudice, all of those things, they will cease. We want to be instruments of your peace. God bless you, brothers and sisters. Looking forward to seeing you next week as we continue in this particular series, the kingdom mission of the church. God bless. Have a great day.